Good evening. Welcome back. After a very long break, a very short notice as well. Yeah, why is all this? Why are we women so neglected? <laughs> Nothing personal, Mrs. Graydon. No, it's when the calendar falls very badly, then the women lose out the most. We have to change school holidays, that's what we have to do. <laughs> Welcome back. Just to remind those who have long forgotten that we were learning the halachas of Amir Akum, telling a non-Jew what one can tell, what one can't tell a non-Jew to do for, for a Jew on Shabbos and Yom Tov. The past Yom and Tobin, which, had, which were three days in a row, two days Yom Tov and a Shabbos, um, I think brought to light a little bit for some of us the importance and the complexities of Amir Lakum. I must, I must be honest, I think most of my Shailas of Yom Tov were all on Amir Lakum. Can I tell a, a guy to open, to turn the oven on, to pick up my floor, clean my toilets? They're very, uh, very important and necessary shailas, and the complexities really came to light. So uh, what we'll do today is we'll go back over the very basic halachas, which are really applicable, which was clear was applicable over Yomtev, and then move on to a, little, uh, a slightly newer area. Perhaps we'll make it slightly shorter so we can focus on the halachas and try and remember them. To start at the beginning, um, we're not going to do all the four shurim in, in today. It's just a, a repetition of the, re- the basic halachas, halachas which are really Negev. We'll try and bring it down to some of the examples that came up on over Yom Tov. Amir Akum, as we said, has two parts to it. One is not allowed to tell a guy, a non-Jew, to do a malacha. One is not allowed to command him a furish. That means explicitly say to him, please, can you switch a light on for me? Can you switch my oven on for me? On Shabbos, you can't say it explicit before Shabbos. Can you please, on Shabbos, switch my oven on, switch my light on, etc. Any direct command to a, to a non-Jew to do a malacha for a Jew is completely also The very command is also to be said. The, if one is before Yom Tov or before Shabbos, there is a remez. There one is allowed to, to hint, bederich tzivoy, a hint which the hint implies a command, but it's not a direct command, then one can say that before Shabbos or before Yom Tov. So a hint before Shabbos and before Yom Tov, which in the hint lies a command, but it's not a direct command, can be said before Yom Tov. There is no Issa Amira with that remez. A hint on Shabbos, which in, implies a command, is completely yasa, unless it's a command for after Shabbos. To directly command on Shabbos or after Shabbos is also yasa. So, in short, any command before Shabbos for Shabbos, or on Shabbos for Shabbos, or on Shabbos for after Shabbos is completely yasa. Any remez b'derech tzivui, a remez which has an implication of a command on Shabbos, is yasa for Shabbos, and is mutter if the command is for after Shabbos. So to say to a non-Jew, Bederich Remez, can you please buy me on Tuesday this and this item? If it was done Bederich Remez on Shabbos, even a Remez which has an indication, an implication of Tzivoy, that is completely mutter. A Remez before Shabbos, for Shabbos, even if the Remez has an implication of a command, that is also mutter. And that's the halachas of the actual, the very wording, whether the wording is mutter or asr. That's the halacha of Tzivoy and the halacha of Remez. The second stage of Amir Akum, they don't work hand in hand. Not when, not every time it's mutter to say, does the second half of the halacha become mutter. So that's why Amir Akum is very complicated. The second half of the halacha is that even when it's mutter to say and to ask a guy to do something, it can be also to, be, to benefit from the malacha that the guy does. So even if you would be miramas, you would give a hint on Thursday afternoon to your, uh, your helper, please can you, you know, the, the oven on 
on uh, Shabbos, you know, I need it on the third day Yom Tov, I need second day Yom Tov, I need my oven switched on, I can't have it on for three days, it just makes the house so hot, and uh, I'm not allowed to tell you to switch the oven on, but it would be really helpful if the oven was switched on on the second day Yom Tov. It's very fine, you've got around the problem of Amir Akum, but you haven't got around the problem of benefiting from the Malacha. So if that helper, that non-Jewish helper, would switch on the oven on the second day of Yom Tov, you are now ben- directly benefiting from a Malacha that the non-Jew has done for a Jew, and that is Osa. So if she does switch it on, you would not be allowed to put your food inside the oven. So even though we've got around the problem of Amir Lakum, we've solved the problem of actually telling the non-Jew in a way which is mutter, but we haven't solved the problem of benefiting from a malacha of a non-Jew. A non-Jew does a malacha for a Jew, even if it's done by but it's done for a Jew, it's also to benefit from that malacha. So that's the second half of Amir Lakum, and those two halves together complicate the, the halacha, um, it, it completely, it, it makes the whole halacha, you've got to keep worrying about both halves each time, and, and every time there's a, a, a situation, a scenario comes up, you've got to work it through. Is there a, a problem of, of the speech? Is there a problem of the benefit? And only when both problems are, are solved is Amir al-Akum Mutab. And we'll come back to some, some other cases soon. The halachas of Amir al-Akum apply even if the malachas only in Isidra Bonon. So even if what, what you've asked the non-Jew to do is only in Isidra Bonon, and which switching on an oven according to some poskim on a Yom Tov could only be in Isidra Bonon. It's very possible it's only in Isidra Bonon, not in Isidra Isa, because the, the problem of cooking or burning is not a problem on Yom Tov. One's allowed to make a fire on Yom Tov. The whole problem of switching on an oven on Yom Tov is the boiner. The, the chaznish uh, was invented a new situation, a new type of boiner, which is completing a circuit, even though not, uh, you're not actually making a, build, a, 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 a building, you're not actually piling bricks on top of each other, but completing a circuit has the same quality, says the Chaznish, as finishing off a building. So f- closing a circuit, besides the Havara, which takes place when you close a circuit, you switch on the light, there's a, you, you switch on a, you've made a fire, you, you switch on an oven, you've made a fire in the oven, besides that, you have the problem of Boina. Now because it's not a direct comparison to building a house, piling brick, one brick on top of the other, to a normal scenario of Baina. So a lot of the possible take on that's only an Isra Drabonin, it's not an Isra Deraisa. But an Isra Drabonin remains, and that's how we take it on, at least as an Isra Drabonin. So to ask a non-Jew to switch your oven off you, is asking a non-Jew to, uh, to do at least an Isra Drabonin. And that's why it's complicated to allow a non-Jew to switch an oven for you on Yom Tov. And again, the Isra of benefiting from a, a, a Malacha of a non-Jew is the same, both by, by a Malacha of a Deraisa and a Malacha of a Drabonin. There are differences, but we'll come back to those in Mesh at the end of the year. We discussed many cases where Amir al-Akum is mutter, where the whole is of Amir al-Akum has been wavered. For instance, a khayla, for the sake of a proper khayla, so somebody who's in hospital, for an example, is considered a proper khayla. In the case of a proper khayla, then all Amir al-Akum direct command is completely mutter. So any nurse can be asked for anything which is necessary needed for the khayla. Switch the light off, switch the light on. Go and fetch this, go and fetch any malacha that's needed. Let's make a difference. If it's malacha deraisa, malacha drabonon, for a chayla, amir lakam is completely mutter. So it's, it's a, a rule which is worth knowing. If there's a, a serious chayla, all amir lakam is wavered. We then discuss in the case of hefsed, in the case of monetary loss, uh, a specific monetary loss of sifri kodesh, of uh, mezuzahs, or, or if one has swarm in the house, or sefer there again, the halachas amir lakam are completely wavered. Where it's monetary loss, but not Sifri Kodesh, then one can't command directly, one can ask Beremes, even though the Remes implies a command. 
It doesn't have to be a complete remez. It can be a remez which, which implies a command. That's also mutter in a case where there's monetary loss. So if uh, you had, a, 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 let's say an example, a, a leak in your house, and the, the, the process of, sw- of switching off that leak is a malacha, would be a malacha, to ask a guy directly perhaps is also, but to ask a remiza directly would be mutter, because to allow the, the leak to continue to drip over Shabbos and Yom Tov, especially if it's three days, would, con- would, be, would uh, be considered a monetary loss. Your ceiling would probably come down, and lots of other things as well. It would be considered a monetary loss, and on a, when a, whenever a monetary loss is involved, then the halachas of Amir al-Akum are easier. And a Burmiza, directivity would be mutter. Money comes into it for this very simple reason, because Chazal understood the nature of a person, and the nature of a person is that when money is involved, he's going to forget about halacha. So to prevent somebody forgetting about halacha because he's worried about his money, Chazal eased the, the Isra of Amir al-Akum. So it's, uh, it's not surprising if one really understands the human nature, it's not surprising at all. In today's day and age, first of all, it's every fire is a sarcoma. The fashes you call the fire engine immediately. But even if you were in the middle of nowhere and, and the, the, there was a fire in the house, uh, since we have mezuzahs on the door, etc., you, you can definitely have to call a guy and ask a guy to, um, to help you put it out. No, not to call the fire brigade, fire brigade to put it out. Directly, a direct simply because you, are, you, you, are, you have the hefzad of Kisri Kedish. In an Isidra Bonon, we have an, an, another heter, Letzorich Mitzvah. If there's a need for a mitzvah to have a, a, a Malachad Rabbonon done, so for instance, your cholent went out, your gas, gas went off, and you have no cholent for your Shabbos morning meal, uh, eating your Shabbos morning meal, eating cholent and Shabbos morning is a very big mitzvah, and therefore one would be allowed to ask a non-Jew to carry your cholent next door, even if you have no Erev, because the issue of carrying in the street is only an Isidra Rabbonon, the need to have that Isidra Bonon wavered is the Tzorich Mitzvah. It's needed for a Mitzvah, the Mitzvah of Oinik Shabbos. Therefore, one can ask a non-Jew, which is one Isidra Bonon, to do a second Isidra Bonon, a Shvus to Shvus, the Tzorich Mitzvah. So that's when, when the hot plates, etc. go out. That's when the halachas become a little bit easier because often it's the Tzorich Mitzvah. If it's just your um, urn that's gone out, then it becomes a bit more complicated because there's not very much Mitzvah in just having an urn on. So you won't have your coffee over Shabbos, however difficult it may be. It's not the Tzorich Mitzvah. But your main meal, which is a mitzvah to have your main meal, so if the, the, the main part of the, main, the food and the main meal is going to suffer without this malachat rabbonon, that's called a serich mitzvah, and then it would be mutter. Similarly, if you needed a siddha to daven in shul, or we needed a shul needed a sefetarian, they didn't have it, uh, and in order to get one, one had to carry over the street. Again, one could ask an Andrew to fetch it, because it's a shush to shush to serich mitzvah. We also discussed that a mix of chayli, somebody who's not complete, completely ill, but relatively ill, not somebody who's hospitalized, but there is an element of illness there, somebody has a very severe headache, etc., then again one can ask a non-Jew in a case of an Isidra Bonon. If there's an Arab, if there's no Arab, then there's a problem. This is great, not now. You're you're entering into, into hot water there. We then discussed if a, a non-Jew wants to do, you ask a non-Jew to do malachas. For instance, you ask a non-Jew, non-Jew to wash up your dishes for you, right? To ask a non-Jew to wash up your dishes is 100% mutter. She can wash up your dishes because washing dishes is 
uh, uh, um, an action which is completely mutter. If she finds, in order to wash dishes, she needs hot water, she therefore she would like to switch on a hot water tap, that is 100% mutter. Even, she could even heat up the water to wash the dishes for you, because since she can do it with her cheta, and the reason why she's doing the malachi is to make it easier for herself, in that case, the malach is not considered done for the Jew, it's considered done for herself, and therefore that's completely mutter. So to see a non-Jew washing up for you and switching on hot water is completely mutter. We will discuss hot water has an, an extra color to it, we will see in, in a minute. Um, some people go so far, in fact there are poskim who even discuss what would happen if you ask your non-Jew to wash up for you, and she decides to fill the dishwasher on Shabbos and Yom Tov, which theoretically should follow that she's not washing, not, the dishwasher, not putting the dishwasher on for you, She's putting the dishwasher on for herself because she can wash up in the sink if she wants. But in order to make it easier for herself, she's switching the, wish- the dishwasher on. Uh, it would be interesting to walk into people's houses and see dishwashers running on the Shabbos and Yom Tov. Some poskim do allow it because it's considered doing the malacha for herself. However, it's very difficult to allow a thing like that for a different reason. This is something we discussed many, many weeks ago, many shurim ago. The, the halacha of mashmiya koil. One can't have uh, an electric, one can't have uh, any equipment running which needs switching on, which is a malacha, on Shabbos, even if it was switched on before Shabbos, because if it makes a noise. So for instance, to have your hoover running, to have your, ask your non-Jew, your helper to sweep the floor, and she goes and pulls out the hoover and starts hoovering, you would have to ask her to stop, because even though the hoover is really the malacha she's doing for herself, but here we have a, a, a piece of your equipment which is making a noise in your house on Shabbos, which indicates it was switched on on Shabbos, any piece of your equipment which makes a noise on Shabbos is also. So dishwashers, well my dishwasher, dishwasher does make a noise, if you have a dishwasher which makes no noise at all, then perhaps it would be mutter to allow them to use, but I haven't yet seen a dishwasher that makes no noise at all. So for the reason of mashmiya koil, it would be difficult to allow a, a non-Jew to use a dishwasher, but for the halachas of Amir akum, it would be completely mutter, because she's really doing it for herself. Something which is put on, a ventilator is something which is put on and left on for a long time. So anything which is put on and left on for a long time, or anything which is known to come on on a time switch, like a, a boiler, uh, anything like that, is, it doesn't go under the banner. An alarm clock, we, we discussed, the Ramad discusses alarm clocks, for instance, uh, even though it makes a noise, it's allowed, because something which is known, and everybody knows it, it's, it's switched on before showers, or it comes on on a time switch, it's fine. But I have not very many people put dishwashers on a time switch. The, the next, sorry, yeah, we'll come back to that in a minute, we'll discuss nobody in the house in, in a few minutes, we'll get there, when we get to washing floors we'll discuss uh, nobody in the house. Um, if, if the dishwasher is actually put on a time is that okay? Theoretically, you'd have a job to shut the door, because when you shut the door you're, you're, you're closing, you're finishing a circuit, you're, you're again you're closing a circuit, so it's not consistent not consider that you've done nothing. It's an issue, you've done a grommet. Even if it only comes on later, by shutting the door, you've, been, you've indirectly caused the dishwasher to go on, on Shabbos. So it would, if you could have a, a magic, well, it probably, probably will come out with one of them, that you just drop the uh, dishes in and the door shuts automatically by itself, <laughs> then uh, theoretically it would be okay. Can you ask someone to wash the dishes then for after Nassim? Ask them to do it. Hachon is also an on So you can't do it. No, you can ask them to get rid of the dishes because you need them or because you don't want them around. But to do for afterwards, that's already in Mrs. Rabbonum. A carpet sweeper would be mutter because that's not an electrical, uh, uh, it's, not, it's not electrical, there's no mashmiya code, and she's entitled to it. Even those who hold, 
who might hold carpet sweepers are also would allow you to let the laundry to do it because you can sweep with a broom so she can definitely use a carpet sweeper the, we then discuss the, the, uh, another clause that if the, you ask a laundry to do a, a malacha for you and indirectly meaning automatically but with a psikresha a malacha will be done for instance you forgot to take the bulb out or switch your switch off of the fan in your fridge and every time you open the, the, the fridge door the light's going to go on or the fan's going to go off so you have a problem now of creating a circuit or switching on a light so you can't open or close that fridge yourself but you could ask a non-Jew directly to open and close that fridge because all she is doing is, or he is opening and closing the fridge indirectly but even though it's a psikration it's going to happen immediately and definitely going to happen but since it's only a psikration it's not the actual action that she is doing or he is doing the non-Jew is doing it is mutter to ask a non-Jew to directly open the fridge for you and the light will switch on. So if anybody is ever in that situation, the easiest way around it is to ask a non-Jew. If you can't find a non-Jew, then just stick a towel in the door when it's open and it won't shut the whole Shabbos. Your electric bed will shoot up, but that will be fine. <laughs> Again, this came up, this Yom Tov, this was very, very applicable, this Yom Tov. Uh, a grommer. Grommer is something which is, a malach is indirect. That means to do, for instance, the, the dishwasher, to shut the dishwasher door knowing that it's going to come on in an hour's time, you haven't actually switched it on now, but you've, switched, you've done the action which is going to allow it to switch on in an hour, is also also on Shabbos and Yom Tov. A malacha which is done by, with a grommer, an indirect malacha, very indirect malacha, is also also. However, to ask a non-Jew to do a malacha which is a grommer, is mutter. So you could, again, Hilchus Amir Lachem would allow you to fill the time switch, to fill the dishwasher, put it on the time switch, and tell the non-Jew to shut the door, then the dishwasher would switch on itself. An hour later, theoretically, that should work. I can't, on the spot, think of something wrong with it. But at the, moment, at, at the initial, I've not thought it through properly, but initially, it seems to work. What happened this Yom Tov, we had a question. We had a shy that somebody's hot plate, the time switch was put on for too, for too late. I assume it was on a Friday, I don't remember which day it was, it was probably Friday or Shabbos, and the hot plate was only going to come on well into Shabbos. They wanted to know if they could ask a non-Jew to bring the time switch back. So it'll switch on two hours earlier. It won't switch on immediately when they put the time switch back. What will happen is it'll bring the, it'll bring the time earlier of, of when it's going to switch on. So instead of switching on at 7 o'clock in the evening, it'll switch on at 5. And we're now at 9 o'clock in the morning where it's completely off. So is that allowed? So again, here you have a situation where you're asking a non-Jew to do a, a malacha for you, of, light, of switching on the hot plate. But it's not a direct malacha, it's an indirect malacha. It's going to happen only three, four hours later, five hours later, after the non-Jews done the malacha. That's called the malacha alidei grama, an indirect malacha. Again, that is mutter through a non-Jew. So there's a lot of areas, if one knows the halachas of Amir Lachim, there's a lot of areas where Amir Lachim can really help and solve many, many difficult problems, if one knows the halachas. If one doesn't know the halachas, one is definitely going to um, get Amir Lachim wrong. Uh, the example we gave was that, uh, right at the beginning of this year, if you remember, was the woman who... Uh, stood in front of a oven, pointed to it without saying anything in front of the help, and the oven was on, and of course the food was out, and she was, you know, going like that, and it's only a remez, I've not done anything wrong, and she, uh, she dutifully comes along and switches it off, which is a clear issa of Amir al-Akum, because tzivu, it doesn't have to be a command by word, any command, even with it by, by, by action, is considered a command, so that is completely awesome. If it was done by remiza, not a remez der just a remez, a pure remez, uh, you know, standing in, in the kitchen and saying, oh, I wish my oven would switch itself off. 
and uh, the non-Jew goes and switches off, then you've done nothing wrong, because that's a complete remez. But to ask in a direct form, or even in a remez which has in it an implication of, of a command, is completely awesome, even if it's not done by word of mouth. And the same thing. Same thing. Writing, speaking, uh, body language is all the same. All, all called a command. The, the halacha of not benefiting from the of a non-Jew, we discussed, is not just you can't benefit on the Shabbos, you can't benefit even after Shabbos. And we discussed at length the, the halachas of Kadesh Yasu, that you can't benefit for the time span it takes for that malacha to be done. So if a non-Jew uh, cooks some food for you, for example, well, that's got slightly different halachas, but just as an example, and it takes an hour to cook, then for an hour after Shabbos you would not be allowed to eat that food because it's Kadesh Yasu. It's also to benefit from that food for the time span it takes to actually have that malacha done for you on Shabbos. The reason why that is, is because even if we say don't benefit, it on, don't benefit from the malacha on Shabbos, but people might come to ask a non-Jew to do a malacha on Shabbos because you gain the time it takes on the Motu Shabbos to have that malacha done. So, Chazal were worried that they might come and ask non-Jews to do malacha, even though you can't benefit from it on Shabbos, but they might benefit from it on after Shabbos. So, they, they, to get around that, they said you can't even benefit it on the Motu Shabbos the time it takes to do that malachah. So there's no reason now for anybody to want to ask a non-Jew to do malachah for them on Shabbos. You can't benefit on Shabbos, you can't benefit Matzah Shabbos, you might as well just wait till Matzah Shabbos and do it yourself. Now, to come to this question of when you're not in the house, there is a third, and we discussed it very briefly, and I'd like to discuss it a little bit more now, because this, this really does come up, came up over Yomtev. There is a third, it's not really a third Issa, but part of the Issa of Amir Lakum of not benefiting from a, 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 a malachah that Lakum does for you, is even if you had a case where there was no issa of benefiting, and you had a case where there was no problem of Amir al-Akum. You haven't said anything wrong. You did a remise derech tzibur on a Thursday. On er- Let's take an example of Erev Yontif. You can't take three days without your floor being washed. Right? I don't know why, but some women can't manage three days without mopping the floors. So you've got three days, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. You have a very nice idea. You'll say remez derech tzibur on Wednesday, Erev Yontif. Your cleaning helps Erev Yontif mopping the floor. And you say to her, you know, three days without, without, I wish somebody would come, or even more, you know, I wish this floor was mopped by somebody on Friday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, she'll, you know, she's been working for you for 20 years, so she understands. And she comes dutifully Friday morning, pulls out the mop, takes the mop, and starts mopping the floor. So you've done nothing wrong, really. You've, you are Miriam's mother because you said it, Remez Derech Tiver before Yomtev, to do a Malach on Yomtev, which is Mutter. It wasn't a direct command. It was an indirect command before Yom Tov, which is Mutter. Now, benefiting from a mop floor is not considered a benefit, because it's not a direct benefit. It's what we call an indirect benefit. It's the fact that the floor is clean that you enjoy. There's no direct benefit from the malacha. It's the, the malacha is just removing something which is bothering you, but the malacha itself has no benefit. It's not like a, a, a switching on an oven where the, uh, the heat of the oven is directly benefiting you. So this is called an indirect benefit, which is again Mutter. So really, one should be allowed to tell your cleaning help, Remez, you know, with all, with all the, the, the types of Ramazim, Derech Tzivu, on Erev Yom to mop your floor. But this is where the problem of when a non-Jew does a malach in front of you, even if it's done, even if it's a case of a, of a malach where you're not going to benefit, and it's done in a way that there's no Isra lakum, you are mechuyiv to tell them to stop. If that malach is done in your house in front of you, in a way where it's motive for them to do it, and it's, you haven't transgressed the halach of Amir lakum, you are still mechuyiv to tell them to stop. So much so that the Mishnah Baruch says, if she doesn't stop, you must to physically throw her out of the house. And I'm not sure many of you want to do that to your cleaning help. So, this is where the problem of, if you 
Tetahub, with a Remez Derech Tiva, Erev Yom Tov, at 10 o'clock in the morning, it would be really wonderful if my, my floor was mopped. At 10, 10 o'clock uh, um, Friday morning was just the time for Tekiya Shafer, and you all ran out to Tekiya Shafer, then she pulled out the mop and the bucket and she mopped the floor, that would be fine, because you've not seen her, you've got a clean floor, you're not benefiting from the Malacha directly, you've not transgressed the Halachas of Amir Lachim, because you haven't said anything directly to her to mop the floor, you did it before Yom Tov, that case would be fine. But most cleaning help will not pull out the bucket just when you're out of the house. The chances are very high they will pull it out when you're there. And then you are mechuyev to tell them to stop. So that's where it gets really complicated. In an area where Amir Akum, even, even to do it in a way where it's mutter, but if she's going to do malach in front of you, for you, it's going to become, you're going to be mechuyev to tell her to stop. And, and that's why to allow them, and again, clean toilets, etc., things like that, are all... Malachas, if it's done in front of you, you have to tell them to stop. Cleaning toilets perhaps is a bit easier because they don't usually do it in front of you. But if it was, if you did see them putting bleach down the toilets on Shabbos, it would be a problem, or cleaning with it with a toilet brush, which is a problem of Shita, it could be a problem of Amri Lakum where you'd have to tell them to stop. Same thing. It makes no difference. It makes no difference. Remez, saying it with Remez, and it's, and it's a malacha which is, whether you're not benefiting, is exactly the same as a, as a guy doing a malacha for you without any asking at all. It's the same halacha. This would, these halachas are not benefiting, or not just not benefiting, telling her to stop, apply, even if she's done it completely on her own accord for you. If she did it for you, then it's completely awesome. You have to tell her to stop. If you're not in the room, but you know that she's doing it, you have to tell her to stop. If you hear her splashing downstairs, uh, the water all over the floor, you would have to run down and tell her to stop. If you're upstairs sleeping, then it's as if you're not around. It's the same thing. Sorry? Okay. The last halacha, which is applicable, and I hope we're, we're a bit clearer now on the halacha Zamir Lakum since we've been to the Yom Tevim and they've become a bit more, a bit more lamaisa. If a, a non-Jew does a malacha for themselves, then it's mutter for a Jew to benefit from it, because that malacha was done for the non-Jew, it wasn't done for himself. So if a non-Jew comes in the room, switches the light on for himself, because he wants to read the newspaper, you're entitled to come in the room afterwards and benefit from that, that light, because that malacha was done completely for himself. So if you had a cleaning help who really couldn't stand dirty floors, and just the size of dirty floors really irked her tremendously, and she pulled out the, the bucket and she started mopping the floor, theoretically, it should be fine because she's cleaning the floor for herself, you are benefiting from that as well, that's fine, there's nothing wrong. The only problem is, the halachas of benefiting from a malacha that a non-Jew does for themselves has a restriction. And that is, if it's someone who, what we call a makiri, if the non-Jew recognizes or is, has a connection to the person who's benefiting from that malacha, and it's done in a way that the non-Jew knows that that Jew is going to want that malacha done for them, even though the non-Jew is doing it for themselves, again, it will be offered for you to benefit from that malacha. So, even if uh, the, uh, the non-Jew would switch an oven on for herself, but she knows that, she, that you want the oven on as well, again, it would be also to benefit from that malacha. That brings us really to the, the uh, conclusion of the halachas, the practical halachas that we've discussed, we've discussed so far, and, and the ways of how to get around, um, to benefit from the, the a non-Jew doing a malacha for you in a way which is mutter, and not chasushon to be over on the halachas amir lakum because of ignorance of the halachas. They are complicated, but I hope that today's concise uh, chazora has made it a little bit easier. So when we next get Yom Tov of three days, you'll all know exactly what to do.
That's right. To go to a hotel. <laughs> Just to move on a little bit and uh, to move on to, uh, to finish off the halachas of of the halachas of benefiting from um, um, uh, from a, from a halacha of a non-Jew. And if we get time, we'll start the halachas of a contract, which is also important and uh, very applicable contractual work, which is important and applicable today because almost everything that we give to a non-Jew, shoes, clothes to clean, shoes to repair, is all goes under the banner of contractual work. And in what cases their mutter and also is quite uh, negative. We discussed previously that a, a non-Jew who brings payers from outside the Trum, a non-Jew brings payers from outside the Trum, then that's a malacha. It will be also to benefit from those payers because assuming that he, they pick the payers on Shabbos, it will be also to benefit because picking the payers on Shabbos is a malacha and bringing it from outside the Trum to you is, means that you are benefiting from a malacha. And then those fruits, those payers will be also both for the person that was picked for and for any other Jew. What would happen if a person, and this is more uh, applicable today, where you could theoretically walk into a fruit shop uh, who's somebody who's gone to the market on, uh, on, fri- on, on Yom Tov and outside of Tchum brought fruit into the shop knowing that uh, a line of Jews are going to come to buy fruit on, for on, on Yom Tov or to, pay for the, to take fruit and pay them after Yom Tov. Just giving you a, a wild scenario. Would one be allowed to benefit from that fruit which has been brought in outside of Tchum on Yom Tov for the, for the Jew or not? So again, even though the Issa Tchum is only an Issa Drabonon, there's no Isidurais and Isidchum. That malacha is done for a yid. It would be also to benefit from that fruit. So if an Andrew brought fruit for you outside the, from outside the Tchum into the Tchum on Shabbos or Yom Tov, well not Yom Tov, on Shabbos, it would be also for you to benefit from that, from that fruit. However, since it's only an Isidrabonon, there is a clause here. The Isid to benefit from a malacha and Isidrabonon is only for the person that it was directly brought for. However, somebody, even another Jew who it wasn't brought for, can benefit from that fruit. So on an Isidurais, it's also for everybody to benefit from it. But an Issa Drabonon, somebody else can benefit from it, as long as it wasn't, it's not the person that the fruit was brought for. Now, don't start getting all excited, and don't start thinking, well, putting on an oven is an Issa Drabonon, so if I ask my non-Jew to put on an oven, I won't eat, and I'll just serve my husband, which, which would theoretically be fine. The only problem is that the halachas of what's called the person who it was done for doesn't just mean that the person directly means the person and anybody who's dependent on that person. So anybody who you are intending to serve that meal would be your family, guests, anybody who's inside your house and you're intending to serve from this malacha would be included in the banner of the person that the malacha was done for and therefore would be also to benefit from that malacha. You could, however, if you had some food that the non-Jew put in the oven for you and switched on the oven and put it on for you and you don't want it to go to waste, you could then take it around your next door neighbor perhaps and offer it to them as a, an extra dish for their main meal. Because the next door neighbor, it wasn't done for. And if you assume that putting on oven is only Isidrabonon, then it's an Isidrabonon which was done for a specific Jew. Another Jew can benefit from that. That would be a case where you could benefit directly from an Isra of uh, a Malacha of a non-Jew if it's an Isidrabonon. In a case where it's not Bishalakum, it was cooked before, if it was mainly cooked, or if it was uh, something that you can eat raw, you know, without getting involved in Bishalakum. On Yom Tov, um, not if you have the Isra of Kadesh Yasu. If there's just if it's Asa Matzah Shabbos until the time that you can do it yourself, then it will be Asa until the time that you can do it yourself. Now we'll, we'll come back to in a minute whether there is an Isra of Kadesh Yasu. That means if a non-Jew cooks for you on Shabbos, you can't eat it Matzah Shabbos, right? Until the time it would take to cook. So here you wouldn't be allowed to eat until Matzah Yom Tov. 
until the time they would take to cook. There is a little bit, it does get a little bit easier, but only in dire circumstances. That, we'll come back then in, in the next Shemet Shem. That's, that's a completely different, uh, different uh, area, uh, post. It's a completely different area. We'll come back to that, because post has its own halachas completely. And why today there's no worry about post, etc. We'll discuss that in the coming Shemet Shem. Not, not today. <laughs> the halachas of Tchumin has, has one area, which is a deraisa. The, even though walking 2,000 amas is only also, more than 2,000 amas is only also midrabonam, but to walk more than yud base mil, 12 mil, is also called to a lot of shit, lot of rishonim is also minatayir. So if you're on a holiday house and you're going to go for a really long walk, which is yud base mil, you could transgress an isa minatayir. However, even there, if a non-Jew brought a, a, a fruit for you outside the tomb of yud base mil, even though he's transgressed the malacha de raisa, it's still motor for somebody else to, to benefit from because since this, this yud base mill is not explicit in the Torah, it's only derived from a posseg in the Torah, it's not clear that there's an issue of yud base mill in the Torah, so again Chazal gave it the halacha of an issue drabonon and allowed, you, allowed somebody else to benefit from, from that fruit. However, what would happen if a non-Jew brought two boxes of fruit, one for one Jew and another box for another Jew, right? This box was a box of uh, apples for Mr. A, and there was a box of pears from Mr. B. And then you come to the Rob, and the Rob says, I'm sorry, you can't benefit, you're not allowed to eat the apples, you're not allowed to eat the pears. So they have a brainwave. They say, you know what, we'll swap. <laughs> Again, that's also. Chazal foresaw what would happen, and they, they banned. If it's, a malacha was done for, for, for the Jew to swap, the two boxes would be completely awesome. Now, the, finally, the halacha uh, the, Yasu. Again, we, we mentioned before that any malacha done by a Jew, by a non-Jew, for a Jew on Shabbos is also to benefit from that malacha, not just on the Shabbos, even the time it takes to do that malacha after Shabbos. When it comes to an Isidra Bonon, there's a very big machlekes whether there is an Isidra Kadesh Yasu on Isidra Bonon. Now, we take on a malacha that is, but in certain circumstances, there's, one can be makel. If it's a sophic, if the malacha was done for you, for instance, one can be makel, or... or uh, or if there's, if there's a dire need for the, for the malacha to be done for you, the, the one can be makel. There are ways to be makel there. But basic halacha is that the halacha of Kadesh Yasu applies not just by Nisra Jiraisa, even by Nisra Jiraisa. That's how we take on halacha Lamaisa. If it does, if there is a shayla which necessitates somebody from benefiting from halacha Jirabonon, Master Shabbos immediately, without waiting Kadesh Yasu, there are ways around it. Go to a, a, a competent rov and he will find you, hopefully, a way around it. It's running late, and I think we've included quite a lot of halachas here today, even though some of them are a repetition, but perhaps it's a bit clearer, and without muddling anybody, I think we'll leave the halachas of contractual work till the coming year, Be'ez Hashem. Just to finish off with a short prayer. The parsha starts, V'yem Hashem el-Avrom, el-Avrom, lech l'cho me'atzcho, me'ladzcho, me'sovicho, el-ho'oris asher-eko. And the Medrash says, Rabbi Yitzchak Posach, Rabbi Yitzchak started off explaining the, this week's Sedra, and he quoted the Posach, Shimi Bas, listen, daughter, Uri, and see, Bahati Oznech, and turn your ear, Veshikhi Amech, forget your people, Ubeisovich. So Rabbi Yitzchak compared the Posach of Shimi Bas, which has in it three descriptions, three levels of hearing and understanding. Shimi Bas is the first level to hear, Uri is to see, and Hati Oznef is the Ben Jai, compare that to the Lech Lecho, Me'atzecho, And the basic understanding is simple. A person is very much uh, influenced 
by the country that he lives in. Somebody who's English, he's very English. Somebody who's American, is very American. Whether he's Jewish or not Jewish, he will be English, he will be American. If you're German, you'll be German. There's no getting away from it. That is the taboo of a person is you are extremely influenced by the nation that you are brought up in. However, the, the wider nation only influences you slightly. Your birthplace will influence, influence you much more. If you are born in Gateshead, you will be a Geordie, whether you like it or not. If you're born in London, you will be a London person. And it does affect you much more. However, nothing affects you as much as your base of Yichud. The house that you are brought up in, that is the very essence of the person. Shimi Bas, to hear, to hear means just to hear, but it doesn't really, it's not internalized. It doesn't become part of you. You're hearing something, it's not really part of you. It's an influence which is distant. Shmir, Ri, to see, to see is much more. To see has a much greater effect on you. The Gemara says, If somebody sees something, you can't compare it to somebody who just hears something. Seeing is believing. Seeing is much more, of an, it creates much more of an impression on a person than just the listening. To bend your ear, that means to actually transform yourself completely. To bend your ear towards something means you're not just hearing it or seeing it, but you're actually turning yourself towards that thing means you are completely bending yourself towards the thing that you want to hear. Lechlecho miatcho means go from your land. Meladcho beisovicho means remove yourself from all those impressions that you've, been, that you've had, that you were brought up with, from the land that you, that you were born into, that your birthplace, and even from your, the house that, that you were brought up in. Move away from your land means remove the shmir, the element of influence of, of, of uh, shma. Go away from your birthplace means remove the re'i, even that element of influence of, this, of seeing. Hati oznech means completely transform yourself, that means remove yourself from the base of vicho. When we look in the Chazal, when we look in the, in the Medrashim, of exactly the process of how Avram became Avram, we find a very interesting phenomenon. The Medrash tells us, uh, the Medrash gives a Moshul, the, the same Medrash continues with a Moshul. Amr of Yitzchak, Moshul, what was Avram Avinu? What's this command of Lech Lecho And the Medrash gives us a Moshul, a famous Moshul, which most of us will know. Moshul Le'echot Shehayu Eivim Mimokin Lemokin. There's a, 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 a Moshul, a parable of a person who was traveling from place to place, Raw beer achas de lekas. He saw a very well lit palace. Oma, toma sha beer zubuloi. Manig, is it possible to say that this huge palace has no master? Is there no owner or no master of this house? It can't be. Every house must have a master. Hitsis alab balabir. Immediately the owner of the house came out and, and uh, revealed himself to him. Oma loy anihu balabir. And he said, I am the owner of this house. Kach. Lefishoy avino avrom eimer. Avrom avino used to say, is it possible that this world is without a leader? revealed himself to him, and he said, I am the one who is the master of the world. And that's what the passage says, Now if we try to understand chronologically what exactly went on here, according to the picture of Eleazar, Avram was three years old when he broke the idols of his father, and he was thrown by Nimrod into the Kishan nation to the furnace. According to some, he was 40, and the latest in Chazali was 48. He was no older than 48. Now, the earliest, uh, the, old, the, the youngest Avraham Avinu could have been at the command of Lech Lecho in the earliest Shitta is, was, is 70. So there's at least a 23-year gap between the time, at least, and according to the picture of Leza, you're talking about a, a, a 67-year gap from the time when he broke the idols, and he was put into the furnace, to the time that Baruch commanded him to leave his, his, for his parents' house and to go to Eretz Yisrael. Now in the Medrash, the Medrash needs to put it all together. The Medrash seems to say, Avraham Avinu was the one who said, can there be a world without a manik? 
So HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'll reveal to you who the manig is, and Miyad hits his Allah HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's the, the Navu of Lech Lecha Miyad Tzachon. In fact, we don't find any other time in the Torah before Lech Lecha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to Avraham Avinu, which indicates that the Medrash is right, must be right, that the, the first time HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself to Avraham Avinu is this week's schedule of Lech Lecha Miyad Tzachon. So what's, what's going on here? How does the, the Moshul and the Nimshul work together? Why is the Hitzit now? Why does, do we say that the, the Moshul of HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealing himself is the Nevoah of Lech Lecha, but in the Moshul, it seems to be the time when he broke, when he was questioning, who is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is the Manig of this world, it seems to be the time when he was three. There seems to be a, 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 a gap in the order of the way things work. But if we look through how the process of Avraham Avinu became Avraham Avinu in Chazal, we see an interesting thing. The Chazal tell us, is actually a Zoya, that the first process of Avraham Avinu realizing there was HaKadosh Baruch in the world, was he got up one morning and he saw the sun rising from the east. And he saw the sun rising from the east, so he said, well, if the sun's rising from the east, that must be the God. So the Chazal say that he served the sun all day. Came the night time and he saw the sun disappear and the moon come out, so he realized, well, the moon's more powerful than the sun, that must be the God. So the whole night he served the moon. Came the next morning and the sun reappeared from the east, so again he realized it can't be the sun and it can't be the moon. Then he said there must be someone who is controlling the world. And that was the first time Avraham Avinu realized and understood that there's, some, there's something, some higher power, there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu who is controlling the world. The Medrash tells us a little bit more. The Medrash says that when Avraham came in front of Nimrod, and Nimrod said to Avraham, let's not forget, according to the picture of the he was only three. And Nimrod said to Avraham, serve fire. So Avraham said, why should I serve fire? I should perhaps serve water. Water can put out fire. So Nimrod said, okay, so serve water. The, the fire and the water were all examples of Avedis which were taking place in the time of, of Avraham Avinu. So Nimrod said, fine, not fire, serve water. Water is more powerful than fire, and so, so serve fire, water. So Avraham Avinu said, well, why should I serve water? I should serve clouds, because clouds is what carries the water, etc. Until eventually Nimrod lost his patience and threw him into the furnace. So again, we see that the process of Avraham Avinu reaching the point of understanding that there was HaKadosh Baruch Hu really came from the negative. It wasn't a, a vision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that Avraham, Avraham Avinu saw. What he did see was he saw the negative. He saw that the way the world was running at that point can't be right. He saw that it's just not possible for the world to be run by Avraham Avinu. It can't be that the sun is a money. It can't be that the, the moon is what's controlling the world. It can't be fire and it can't be water and it can't be clouds. And from there he realized that there was something more. However, from the negative, it doesn't always bring to the positive. He knew there was HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, and who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, and how HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world, that Avraham Avinu had no idea. So the process of Avraham Avinu started off by looking at the negative, realizing there's something wrong, and realizing there's much more, there's a, a, a manik in the world, but to understand that manik, that he didn't know until the Nevo of Lech Lecham When HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Hitzis of Baal Habir, when the master of the world revealed himself to Avraham Avinu, that was much later, long after he had realized that there was HaKadosh Baruch Hu there. And that's the level of, of Nevoah that he reached when he came to this week's Sedra of Lech Lecham, Meyatzchom, Meladchom, Beisovicho. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, go to Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is the point where Nevoah takes place. Eretz Yisrael is the point where the Kedusha starts. Go there. There you will begin to understand. There you will begin to, to, to realize who I am, who, who HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, until he eventually became to the point where Avos Hein Hein Hamer that means 
the obvious were the one that could go around and be, and be a clear vision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. And that really, the two parts, there were two parts to Avram Avinu's process. The, the first part was where he built up from the negative, looking at the negative in the world and realizing there's something more here. But the actual understanding of the positive, that started much later, only when he was 78, in this week's Sedra. And the whole Avram Avinu that we know of, the obvious, the, the Avram Avinu who was the Balachesed, the Avram Avinu who was the, the Merkava of the Shechina, started with the positive in the Lechem Chom the process, to finish off with our pet subject, the process of Shabbos and the weekday is exactly the same thing. You have the Sheshes Yom Tassim Malacha. The six days of the week are the days where one delves and one lives and one's uh, time is spent on mundane matters. One's spending one's time on the negative. The idea is that through the, through the process of the, six, of the six days, one should reach a, a point of appreciation of realizing that what's in the world is negative. There must be something more. There must be a panemius. There must be a kedusha. There must be there must be a ruchnius. Something more than the mundane that goes on, on on the six days of the week. Comes Shabbos. Shabbos gives you that nevuah, that extra level that Romarina saw in this week, etc. That gives you the extra kedusha. The Shabbos menayim haba. It gives you the positive vision of what that is and what's that kedusha that's missing from the whole the, the six days of the week. So the six days of the, of the week. Plus the Shabbos, is it, it corresponds to the life of Romavino, where he saw from the negative, he built up, that there must be something greater and higher by looking at the negative and realizing that the world can't just exist on the evil that was there in his time. But the positive only came much later when he went to Etzishol. So too, through the week, we see the positive, we see the negative. Shabbos gives us the positive. And, and in everyday life, we really we have the same thing. If we look around, many of us, look around the world and do appreciate that there's something wrong here and the world, the morals of the world are broken and there's no ethics and everything that goes on, the, 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 the running after the, the, just self-gratification uh, self is, is rampant and there, there's nothing in the world which really leads to anything toiv and it, we do realize that there's something wrong there and we need something more but by noticing the negative it doesn't give us the positive, the positive has to come from the Ruchni is the positive has to come either from keeping Shabbos as one should or from learning Torah, etc. That's where the positive is going to come. So there's two parts to our life. We have the Sheshish Yom and Tassim We have to see the world and realize that the world is not what we're supposed to be. And, and living in the mundane is not what we're, what we're here for. And realize there's something much greater than the Sheshish Yom and Tassim Comes the Shabbos, comes the Kedusha Satayah, and that's when we appreciate and we realize there is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And Be'ez Hashem, when it comes to the Yom HaShabbos HaGodl, then we'll realize that the mundane was all totally mundane and the Kedusha was there all the time and that's what we strove for and that's what we'll achieve as Hashem from Hebi Amen Amen